0: There's a verse that God has given to me that is also another ministry verse and really another life verse for me. In Philippians chapter 1, we look at verse 21. Philippians 1.21 For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you have spoken uh, to us, uh, Lord, in all the services. I thank you, Lord, for the many, many answers to prayer. I thank you for what you did in the chapel services and the school this week. And Lord, we pray that your spirit would continue to strive the truths that you have worked on us with. And uh, Lord, that we would be obedient uh, to what it is that you've had for us this week. And Lord, again, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers as well. Lord, I don't just want to be challenged. I want to be changed. Uh, I pray, Lord, that, uh, that as you've gathered us here for one more service this night, uh, Lord, you have uh, put us here for a specific purpose. Lord, this has been on your calendar. We have been praying for the meeting. We've been praying for each of the services. And so, Lord, I ask that once again you'd pour out your Spirit upon us, that you would meet with us, that you would speak to us in a very specific way. And, Lord, that you would draw us nearer to you by us being here tonight. Lord, I pray that you would purge us of half-hearted listening, of half-hearted singing, of half-hearted service. Uh, Lord, that we would be all in, that we would be completely surrendered and sold out to you, that we would be obedient to the greatest command of all, to love thee with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, once again, I confess my absolute dependence upon you. And uh, Lord, we confess our dependence upon you as well, to, to listen and to obey what it is that you have for us. And so, Lord, have your way be done, done in us. We pray that you would receive all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. Lord, you are worthy. Uh, you are worthy to receive uh, power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Lord, you are worthy of it all. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. We see here in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21, maybe this is a a life verse for you. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. We see that Christ is personal. No God knows his followers like our God knows us. He knows everything about us. I remind you of Psalm 139 that the Lord has ser- He says, O oh Lord, thou hast searched me and know me. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. God knows everything about us. He knows right where we're at. And and I remember I was telling the young people earlier today that earlier this week that uh, there was a time. Of course, I went to Christian school all my life and grew up in a Christian home. I'm so thankful and blessed about that. But I remember the day when uh, when I when I made the commitment that I was going to spend some time in God's Word every day of my life until until I'm done. I just I made that commitment. At some point during the day, I'm going to spend some time in God's Word. Now. God has helped me not to, I've always kept that commitment. There's not been a day where I've not spent some time in God's Word, but that does not mean that I've been right with God all the, every day of my life, and far from it. Uh, there have been days, there have been weeks and months probably that I have not been right with God, and, and, uh, and yet I believe that that time spent in God's Word has kept me from a lot of things. And I'm thankful for that. I remember reading through the book of Proverbs, and I would use that as my devotional time. And then uh, I started making a prayer list. And, and as I was making that prayer list, I began to see God answer my prayers. Not just my parents' prayers, not just my pastor's prayers, not just my grandparents' prayers, but this God became so personal to me. You know, God is so such a personal God. I was praying this morning, and and uh, th- talking about that, just uh, worshiping uh, uh, Jesus Christ and going through the things, of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we, He is grieved. He is quenched by the way that we live. I mean, you think about how close God is to us. When we, we live our life and, and we sin, the Holy Spirit is quenched. Wow, that is personal. The Holy Spirit is grieved. When we sin against Him, oh, uh, He is so personal to us. And there was a point in my life where, where this God became so real and so personal to me. Uh, that, uh, uh, And I thought, you know what, I don't care about anything else. I don't care uh, the, what the other teenagers may go. I don't care what other people are going to, what other path they might have. I don't care about sports, making money, or any of those other things. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to live for Christ. Uh, there's no better friend, there's no better person we can draw near to than God. Think of that passage, Joshua 24. says, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil t- unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. But as for me, and Paul says, for to me to live is Christ. Christ is personal. Uh, He knows everything about us. Psalm 5 and verse 1 says, but as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Uh, I think of, of uh, how the, t- they, the, the choir sang earlier uh, this week, it's Jesus and me. And really when it comes down to life, when it's all boiled down, it really does just come down to you and God. When you stand, and my wife and I were talking about the judgment seat of Christ earlier tonight, when you stand at the judgment seat of Christ, it's just you and God. You're not going to have your spouse with you. You're not going to have your pastor with you. You're not going to have anybody else with you. It's just you and him. And when you boil everything down to it, it's just you and God. Oh, he is so personal. And there ought to be a for me moment where you say, you know what? I'm going to serve the Lord with my life. I'm going to be all in. Some of us have never even surrendered our life to the Lord. We're living our lives for ourselves, we're filled with our own ways. There's a term for that. Proverbs 14, 14, the backslider and heart shall be filled with his own ways. We get filled with our own ways. We have plans. We have dreams. And yet God has has done so much for us. As the men sang that song the other night, uh, when I survey the wondrous cross, that he demands my soul, my life, my all. You think of of, uh, uh, Romans chapter 12 and Verse number one, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed into this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. <clears throat> I was listening to a message recently, it was on that passage. And he talked about some missionaries, and you think about Paul as well. And here Paul, he lived his life and became a martyr for Christ. And you think, here was a guy that was sold out to God. He was fully surrendered. He says, what kind of Christianity do you call that? Or you think of a missionary that spent his entire life on that mission field, has given his life uh, to the Lord for those people. What do you call that kind of a life that is completely dedicated to God? You know what you call that, what God calls that kind of life? Your reasonable service. Sometimes we think, oh, that's the height of Christianity. If we can get to Romans chapter 12 and verse number one, no, that's the very basic. That's the starting point. It's not the pinnacle, it's not the height. No, we, because of God's mercy to us, which is a tremendous motivator. When God gives you mercy, it ought to motivate you to love Him and serve Him even more. God has been so merciful to me. And this, he says, it's your reasonable service. So if you don't, if you don't present your bodies that living sacrifice, you are being unreasonable. God calls this reasonable service. Have you ever surrendered your life to the Lord? Like you said, Lord, whatever you want to do. (laughs) Lord, I'm all in. You have all of my time, all my talents, all the money, all my effort. Everything I have, have you ever surrendered your life to the Lord? Paul says, for to me, Christ is personal. And Paul was confronted with Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road in Acts chapter 9. And, and uh, that was a personal confrontation where he realized that, that uh, the persecution he was doing was against Jesus Christ. And he came to know Christ as Savior right then on the Damascus Road. He says, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Have you ever uh, seen yourself, uh, uh, when it comes to eternity, uh, needing Jesus Christ as your Savior? Uh, There's got to be a for me moment. In the Ecclesiastes seven verse two, it says, "It's better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to heart." There ought to be a for me moment when it comes to eternity. Many times, you know, you go to a funeral and what is it, you know, we, we uh, eulogize that person, but it's, it's not for that person, it's for us. It's for us to take it to heart. How are we living our life? Are we, uh, you know, what's going to happen to us when we die? Are we going to be in heaven? There's only one way to go to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. Do you know Him? Have you ever had that for me moment where you saw that, that uh, you yourself a sinner and you needed Jesus Christ to save you? Paul says, for to me, to live is Christ. Christ is personal. There may be somebody that God's calling you to the ministry. God's putting some tugs towards the ministry on your heart. I was telling about a uh, a guy in our church, uh, to Pastor and Mrs. Bloom earlier today, a, a man by the name of Antonio. And Antonio uh, came to our church, uh, uh, Just he thought he was coming to a Sunday night service, but we were actually having a Christmas party. I wasn't there that night, I was at a different church. But, uh, but uh, Antonio came to his Christmas party, and after the, after the time, uh, my pastor asked him about salvation. He was at the bottom of his life, and was involved in, uh, uh, literally in alcohol, but he was involved in drugs and things, and, and uh, he got saved that night. He came to know Jesus Christ as Savior, and and uh, God did a 180 in his life. Uh, Men in our church began to reach out to him, disciple him. And, and, uh, and then uh, we had a tent meeting in Sacramento, and I was praying for Antonio. And I said, Antonio, I said, or he came to me one night after the tent meeting, and he says, Tim, I surrendered my life to the Lord. I said, I've been praying that you would do that. He says, really? I said, yes, I remember when I did that. And then I said, I'm also praying that God would call you to preach. God would call you to the ministry. And I said, now, if, God, if it happens, God's the one that's going to do it, and it's going to be consistent. You're going to feel tugs at your heart. And, uh, and I told him about my call and how it's been consistent throughout my life. And he says, uh, Tim, I feel the tugs. Two days later, one of the preachers, Dwight Smith, preached on, pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. And I thought, Antonio's nailed. <laughs> and uh, that's, uh, son, that Friday night, he came forward. I knelt down with him at the altar, and I said, Antonio, why don't you start? And he says, God... He says, I'm not good at talking in front of people, but uh, he says, I'm willing. I know that there are people that you can use me to reach with the gospel of Christ. Lord, I surrender myself to the ministry to preach. And uh, he's uh, uh, now at Ambassador Baptist college going into his second year. And and, uh, God's done some amazing things in his life. And I may be talking to someone here tonight that God's been speaking to your heart about full-time ministry. And you feel the tugs, but you haven't surrendered yet. Oh, tonight's the night. Surrender it all. Uh, Yield it to Him. I've never regretted trusting and obeying God. I've never regretted yielding to the call that God has placed on my life. Oh, He's so personal to us. And so Christ is personal, but then Paul says Christ is my motivation. He says, for to me to live is Christ. Paul says, Christ is my life. Do you value life? I'm afraid that uh, in our day so many people do not value life. I remember I was going off to Bible College and flying from Sacramento to Charlotte, and I was trying to witness this guy next to me, and he was being very antagonistic against me and, and trying to trip me up with some questions, and he asked me a question I'd never had been asked in my life. He said, "All right, well, if you're going to be a preacher someday, he says, "What's your view on euthanasia?" Again, I'd never been asked that before. And I started thinking about it a little bit, and I thought, "Well, I know that the youth that are in America need Christ." And I'm sure that the youth that are in Asia need Christ as well. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I haven't seen the news, what's going on in Asia. Uh, And I said, "'Lord, help me with my answer.'" And I said, sir, I, I don't know. I haven't been asked that before. But if you want to know, I, I'll look it up and, and let you know later on. And, and uh, if you want to give me your phone number, of course, he didn't care about all of that. And, and I got to the, the dorm that night. I called my dad. And I said, Dad, I was trying to wait this guy next to me on the plane. And he's being very antagonistic wi- against me. And he asked me this question. He says, uh, what's your view on euthanasia? I said, Dad, I haven't seen the news. What's going on in Asia? My dad's like, oh, Tim, Tim, Tim. It's not the youth that are in Asia. It's one word, euthanasia, uh, which it means assisted suicide. I'm afraid that uh, people don't value life. You think of abortion and so on. Well, who puts the value on life? God. How valuable is life to God? John 3.16 For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's how valuable God says life is. He says in 1 Timothy 2, for who have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It is Christ that gives value. It is Christ that gives purpose. I mentioned a quote this morning at chapel uh, that Jim Carrey, actor Jim Carrey said one time, he said, I wish that everybody would get rich and have all the money they would ever want and get famous and have all the fame that they would ever want to realize that that is not the answer. It is Christ that gives purpose. It is Christ that gives value. You see, there's a God-sized hole in everybody's heart that only God can fill. Paul says, my life is Jesus Christ. 18 times here in just chapter 1, Christ's name is mentioned. His passion was Jesus Christ. This is what excited him. This is what gave him life. Someone said, uh-oh. said, uh, life is what we are alive to. You know, what really excites us. Now, if you were to take my wife and I to an department store, and uh, we were to go into the shoes and purses, now I'm still a young man, but something happens to me physically. All of a sudden, my, my feet begin to ache, and, and uh, you know, my legs get a little sore. I'm like, man, I don't want to be in the shoes and purses. Uh, I want to get out of there. Now, if you take me to the sports department or the tool department, now I'm engaged. Now there's some life in me. Uh, and you know, what 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 really brings life, Paul says, to me is Jesus Christ. What really excites me, what really gives me passion in my life is Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, for Paul, Christ was the reason to get out of bed in the morning. For Paul, Christ was the reason for living. For Paul, Christ was the reason to spread the gospel. Oh, he had a passion for the gospel. And, uh, he says in In uh, verse uh, number 5 of uh, Philippians 1, he says, For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse number 7, he says, In defense and confirmation of the gospel. Verse number 12, uh, uh, Unto the furtherance of the gospel. Verse number 17, For the defense of the gospel. And then verse 27, Striving together for the faith of the gospel. His passion was the gospel, but that's because his passion was Jesus Christ. He was loving what God loves, which is the lost soul's His passion, uh, Paul says, My my passion is Jesus Christ. Christ was the reason to spread the gospel. Christ was the reason to do what was right. To say no to sin and yes to the Savior. For Paul, Christ was the reason to endure through the many hardships and trials and sufferings that he went through. His motivation was Christ. You see, the essence of life was Christ. And having that vital spiritual union with Him. Everything Paul desired or attempted was inspired by his devotion for Jesus Christ. So Philippians one twenty one becomes a valuable test in our own life. You can fill in the blank yourself. For to me, to live is what? And to die is what? Some say, for to me, to live is money. And to die is to leave it all behind. Others may say, for to me, to live is fame. And to die is to be forgotten. Others may say, for to me, to live is power. And to die is to lose it all. No, we must echo with the words of the Apostle Paul. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Amen. You see, we're either in Philippians 1.21 or in Philippians 2.21. What does that say? For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Oh, we, uh, we live so below what God has for us. We live such selfish lives. We're mediocre in our Christianity because we are living for ourselves. We're not living for Christ. Our passion ought to be Jesus Christ. He says in Colossians 3.23, "...and whatsoever you do, do it heartily, as unto the Lord, not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ." Ephesians 6.6, 6, "...not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ." Doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service unto the Lord, not unto men. Oh, the prayer that Megan and I sang just a little while ago. Not just to serve, but to love thee with all of our hearts. Studying about Anna uh, this year in Luke chapter 2. And Anna served God through fastings and prayers. The word serve means to carry out duties in the spirit of worship. She did that out of her love and devotion to God. Our service to God ought to be done out of a love and a devotion to Him. Not with high service, but unto the Lord. Our passion ought to be for Him. So often we go through the motions. Uh, we spend time, and I've mentioned this before, I think it's uh, Sunday night, but we spend time and, and, and go through our devotions, but we don't really spend time with God. We just go through the motions of it. You had your devotions, but did you meet with God? Did you listen to Him when he, when he spoke to you through His Word? And when you prayed, did you really get a hold of the ear of God? I was in Washington State, and a man uh, a uh, came up to me, and he said, I'm really bothered. It was after service one night. And he, I said, what are you bothered about? And he says, well, he says I read through the Bible four times every year, and it bothers me that my, uh, that my uh, uh, teenage children and my wife do not read the Bible as much as I do. And, uh, and I said, well, sir, I don't even read the Bible through four times a year. Uh, at the time, God's had me do it twice. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how much I go through this book. What matters is how much this book has gone through me. Amen. You know, you ought to learn these things and get them in your head, but it ought to go from your head down into your heart and out into your life, from the head to the heart to the hands. Jeremiah 9.23, uh, Thus say, the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let, his, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That's the passion. That I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. I love the song that Will Thompson wrote. Jesus is all the world to me. Is he all the world to you? To the victorious Christian, Christ is everything. Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without Him, I would fall. When I am sad, to Him I go. No other one can cheer me so. When I am sad, He makes me glad. He's my friend. Paul says, my life, my passion is Jesus Christ. But then his goal, his goal, his prize is Christ. He says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. J. Wilburn Chapman said, the rule that governs my life is this. Anything that dims my vision of Christ or takes away my taste for Bible study or cramps my prayer life or makes Christian work difficult is wrong for me. And I as a Christian must turn away from it. He didn't want anything to dim the vision of Christ. There's going to be in the next several days things that are going to come into your life, they're going to seek to dim your the vision, the passion that you've had for Christ this week. And and, and you and I, and it's going to hit me too. You and I, we're going to have to get those things out and keep our focus upon Jesus Christ. Paul says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Dr. Comfort, uh... Years ago, was talking about a time when he was at a meeting, a revival meeting, and this pastor got up and he said, I want to have a testimony time of what you're looking forward to about heaven. And he says they had, one by one, different ones got up and told some things, some wonderful things about heaven. Uh, one person gets up and says, I'm looking forward to the beauties of heaven. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, the Lord's let me be in all 50 states and see some amazing things. What's heaven going to be like? The streets of gold? and I mean, it's going to be amazing to see the beauties of heaven. Another one says, I'm looking forward to when there's no more pain. And uh, we say hallelujah to that. Some of you right now, you're in physical pain right now. Someday that's all going to be over. <laughs> no more pain. Another one that says, I'm looking forward to there's no more sin. And again, I say an even bigger hallelujah to that. Uh, no more sin. No more of this flesh and the world and the devil. Another one, a lady gets up and she says, I'm looking forward to seeing my husband that's gone on before me. And, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing loved ones that I know as well. And and uh, that we're going to be reunited again, and, and be a part of a, uh, the entire family of God. I'm looking forward to heaven. And 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 one by one, they gave some great, wonderful things about heaven. But he says, as I sat on the platform, my heart began to become grieved because out of all the testimonies that night, not one person mentioned Jesus Christ. Do you know what's the best thing about heaven? God Himself. <laughs> He's the main attraction. There's no need of the sun, no need of the stars or the moon. Why? Because He lightens it. He's the main attraction of heaven. Now I'm not trying to diminish any of the things that I just mentioned about heaven. I want to exalt them as much as I possibly can. But then even more than that, put God up there. Because He is the main attraction of heaven. I love what J. Vernon McGee said in his commentary on this verse. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is more Christ. (laughs) More Christ. You get all of Him, and He gets all of you. No more hindrances. No more distractions. You get all of Him, and He gets all of you. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is more Christ. You see, Paul says, my passion is Jesus Christ, but my goal is Jesus Christ. He goes to, uh, you turn to Philippians chapter 3. Uh, as he says, uh, verse number 7: What things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung. Why? That I may win Christ. He goes to verse 10: That I may know him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings be made conformable unto His death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. His passion, His desire was Christ. Go to back to Philippians 1. We see it here in our text. Verse number 22, But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose I wot not, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Christ was his passion. Oh, Christ is personal. Christ is his passion. But Christ was his goal. Here's how God has made this a life, a life verse for me and also in ministry. God called me to be an evangelist when I was 15 years old. I had no clue how I'd ever be an evangelist. I really didn't. Uh, I was shy and backwards. I, I, you know, get in front of people that scared me to death. God called me to go 2,700 miles away from home from Sacramento to uh, Lattimore, North Carolina to, to train at Ambassador Baptist College. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends there. Uh, and it was, a, uh, it was a complete step of faith, but it was God's call. Uh, it was, I went to Ambassador because God called me to be an evangelist. And every evangelist said, if God's called you to be an evangelist, the best school to go to is Ambassador Baptist College. And so I went that 2,700 miles away from home. When Megan and I started uh, uh, dating, I, uh, the very first date that we said, okay, you know, we're going to continue on this. And I said, Megan, I have no idea how this is going to happen, but God's called me to be an evangelist. And that's the direction I'm heading. And if that does not appeal to you at all, let's break it off right now. She said, well, my assistant pastor told me, Megan, you'd make a great evangelist wife someday. And so in her mind, she thought maybe God would have me marry an evangelist. And she does make a great evangelist wife. Every major decision I've ever made in my life has been in the light of being an evangelist. After graduation, we went back to California and served in another church. And I wanted to get to know more of the pastor's heart. got to serve underneath an older pastor. And, and then uh, uh had interim time. A new pastor came and God moved us back to the church where I was saved, baptized, and called to preach and all of that. And we're sent out of that same church now in Faith Baptist Tabernacle. Why? Because God's called me to be an evangelist. Every major decision in my life has been in the light of God's call to be an evangelist. And there have been times, I I mean, in college, I I got the evangelist award, and it meant so much to me because people said, Tim, I I don't see you being an evangelist. Brother Comfort saw it in me, and it meant so much to me to get that award just because he saw it in me. I mean, I graduated college. I was in the ministry ministry. People said, Tim, I don't see how you'll ever be an evangelist. <laughs> and uh, I've had that many, many times, even in evangelism. <laughs> Those first couple of years, oh, you're just doing this to, to get, you know, to buy some time to get a church. I said, no, this is God's calling my life. And God's brought me through a lot and, and uh, taken me through a lot. But, but uh, you know, again, every major decision I've made has been a light to be an evangelist. But you know what my goal in life ought to be? Not an evangelist, but Christ. You see, we have these goals and these, these, maybe these dreams in our lives that are here. And sometimes what we do is we use God as a means to accomplish what we want to do. Instead of what God does with me, is He takes evangelism as a means to get Him closer to Him. I am so desperate for the Lord in evangelism. My, Megan said, Tim, we've been in a lot of different ministries, but this is it. And there's no ministry I've ever done where I've been more dependent upon God than an evangelism. And so He uses evangelism to draw me closer to Him. My goal in life is Christ. And that's what our goal in life ought to be, is Jesus Christ. He is the prize. He is the goal. You could go through the ministries, have different, uh, uh, different ministries here in the church and the school, but yet not be pursuing Christ. You can have your devotions, you can have your prayer time, but yet not pursue Christ. Christ is the goal, Christ is the passion. He's our life, He needs personal, He's everything to us. Are you pursuing Jesus Christ or are you filled with your own ways? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, oh, how easy it is to get distracted. <laughs> from the main thing, which is you. Lord, it is all about you. You must increase. We must decrease. And I pray for these that you spoke to their hearts about, that they need to get back to pursuing you. Lord, I ask that they would eliminate those things in their lives that are hindering them. Lord, maybe some things that don't seem to be that bad. Maybe maybe they need to just carve 15 minutes or 30 minutes more to just spend that time with you in the morning. Lord, I pray that you would even show them a specific step to take to, to get back to pursuing you. Show them what is hindering that. I pray, Lord, for these that raise their hands saying they're surrendering it all tonight. Lord, I ask that you would take their life and use it in a tremendous way for your honor and glory. Lord, have your way be done in this invitation time, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.